What's up, guys? Welcome to Just So We're Clear, a podcast brought to you straight out of Singapore with your hosts, Marissa True and myself, Hanley Hofer. Now, if you've listened to us before, well, you know the deal. But if you're new here, well, hey, welcome. So on this show, we cover pretty much everything to do with modern life, female empowerment, sex, mental health, finances, you name it, we do it in the most uncut way possible. Mm -hmm. So grab a coffee, maybe even a glass of wine. No, definitely some wine. Light a scented candle. Or maybe you're at the gym or you're cooking your dinner. But consider this next hour your time to feel like you're not alone. Because trust us, we get it. It's just so we're clear. Hey, you guys. So today's episode is actually a very interesting one because we are bringing on a very special guest called Prashant Ashoka, who is actually a close personal friend of Hanley and myself. But the reason we brought him on today was because we want to dig into his story about the fact that he used to live in Singapore, moved his entire life over to Mexico and built a house in a desert that is probably one of the most beautiful pieces of architecture that I have ever seen. So this episode, we're just going to dig into what gave him the courage to pick up his life and just move it halfway across the world, his creative inspiration, and also just like a cheeky little catch up for the fact that, you know, we know and love him and we've known him for years, but he's just, you know, been going on busy building his own entire separate life that we just have a glimpse of online. One of these stories the the reason that we wanted to bring this story to you guys is because it's one of those amazingly inspiring tales of someone who just decided for themselves they wanted adventure. And they, they wanted to start again. They wanted to start again. They wanted something more and they went out and did it. And this is the kind of thing that we all need to be reminded is possible that we can all do it. We can all move to Mexico. <laughs> Mexico. <laughs> Um, uh, and yeah, Prashant is just such a creative and really beautiful soul. Definitely whip out your phones and have your Instagram ready for this because you're going to be wanting to look at the Instagram his, handle yeah, for his which house, is, which is stunning. We'll put it in the show notes, but its name is Casa Eteria and it has been featured in New York Times, Architectural Digest. It's just, it's just a beautiful piece of work. And given that he has no architectural training, but managed to pull this off, it just makes this entire feat even more impressive. But before we launch into the episode, we do also want to give another massive shout out and thank you to Vans for supporting this series where we just get to profile these really interesting Singaporeans and just showing what amazing work they've been up to and how creative they're getting and how they're sort of just like, Designing life in a way that isn't probably necessarily the stereotype we all expect our our life pathways to take us on. But yeah, listen in. Uh, hope you enjoy. Here's Prashant Ashoka. Very thankful to have Prashant Ashoka with us today as our guest. And Prashant, Hanley, and I have a lot of history. We are all actually friends with each other, but also sort of independently of each other. Uh, before we get into those stories, Prash, why don't you tell us where you are in the world? Hi, you guys. I'm so happy to be on your show and so happy to see you guys after such a long time. Um, I am in Mexico City at the moment, which is where I live. And I have been in Mexico for four years. And before this, I, I spent three years in a little town called San Miguel. 
uh, and I just moved to Mexico City like a year ago. Okay, so before we clicked recording, um, we were kind of breaking down the current states of where we are in this glorious pandemic, and Prash shared with us that Mexico's pretty much open. Like, you guys are living without any pandemic situation at all. Like, tell us what your situation is. Well, that's that's not true. So the the pandemic is raging throughout Mexico, um, except that um, Mexico never shut its borders and it never it didn't restrict international flights like coming in. And the reason is because, you know, it works on like the majority of the Mexican economy is kind of like a gig like population. So people so a lot of people like kind of work um, and, and earn like uh, like kind of a hand to mouth sort of living. And if the country was entirely shut, um, there would be like wide social unrest. And it's also like an election year. And so like, you know, so a, a kind of a couple of like factors contributed to like this like non-lockdown um, that we've experienced. But it's it's not, thankfully, it's not been as bad as other parts of the world. It's not been as bad as India um, and a couple of other places. And it's not, I, I, I guess it's kind of similar. It's been similar to the United States uh, in terms of like infection rates and stuff like that, which is which is really bad. But um but we're pulling through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I pretty much know that like half of the people are in Tulum just living it up on a beach. <laughs> just like... Like the, also the worst people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> the, the dregs of society from America um, <laughs> like have all descended upon um, Tulum with yeah. their like, like macrame. It's like the trashiest type of Instagrammers, influencers... Yeah all there with their tits out during this pandemic Uh, i've been seeing pictures and like it made me jealous but hey yeah, i was gonna say how i dream to be them (laughs) even at this stage (laughs) desperate times so many so many cooler places to go to than to them yeah so i mean you left singapore four years ago four years ago now right yes which which actually feels a lot longer than just four because I feel like the way that your life has just unfolded has been insane. Like your life is so interesting. Um, And what we love about your story is that just watching from the outside and seeing what you shared online and and what you you trickled out um, publicly is that you're somebody who left the comforts of their home with pretty much like no concrete plan. And then you created something beautiful. You created a life. You literally set out on this adventure, which a lot of people admire to do so. Everyone's like, I just want to leave and move to Mexico and like start a life. But you literally did. And and I just think that your story right now for where we're at in the world, even though a lot of us are feeling frustrated and feeling stuck, is one of those stories we need to hear to remind ourselves and to our listeners to just keep up hope and just keep dreaming, I guess. But before we dig into this new life that you've created for yourself, like, are you able to share with us sort of the circumstances under which you left Singapore in the first place? Like, what made you want to start anew? Um, so I was just, you know, kind of at, you know, I was twenty. I was twenty eight when I left, and I had been like working for a couple of years, and and 
it, it just and you know it was like a couple of like difficult things had transpired in my life at that point of time and it was just kind of this confluence of a few different things that just kind of made it difficult for me to to continue being happy in in that particular situation um and so i kind of decided to leave in a very dramatic like spur of the moment kind of way as you guys know super <laughs> drama <laughs> i'm just like what's the most dramatic thing i could do pack up all my shit and move to mexico <laughs> so in short though like you just you weren't happy and you needed to leave yeah i wasn't happy i needed to leave and it was you know it it was it was quite like a dramatic move because i had only decided that i was moving to mexico within the span of 3 weeks uh and then i had packed up all my stuff and then by like 2 or 3 months i was like out of the country and in mexico i'd never been here before um and i had i mean of course i'd heard really good things about mexico city um i heard it was a very dynamic place like people often compare it to berlin um or like now even lisbon Um and so I knew that I knew that I wouldn't um dislike living here um but I I didn't have really a concrete idea of what I would do except that I felt called to go right and and yeah So wait so then how exactly did you settle on Mexico as your destination of choice Literally um by like choosing on a map where i would probably live granted like with the savings that i had i mean i originally had considered australia and australia would have been great but you know my savings would have lasted a very short amount of time there um no real interest in the united states but europe i would have gone um except that i yeah if i i think berlin would have been too much of a party um city for me we would have lost uh, you like yeah. <laughs> You would have entered Berlin and then we would have just totally yeah. We would have never heard of Fresh again. He <laughs> changed his name. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Come Sven. <laughs> um and so I it kind of like Mexico City was just it just like popped up and and everyone who who I'd spoken to like you know was just like talking about what a great city it was and so it was just kind of like on my on my radar but kind of like on a back burner. and then it suddenly like came to the forefront of like all these destinations that I was looking at um and it was kind of inexpensive and i was like let's just give it a go um so i just like i i just came and did you go in with the idea of if it doesn't work out then we just take a step back and make a new decision and move somewhere else or was it kind of like a we're okay. going to make it work regardless in 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 retrospect yes if it hadn't had worked out i would have come home but that was not the mindset that i was in at that point it was just it was kind of like a do or die thing for me like i remember feeling like i'm just going to go and i'm going to love it because i i have to now like and and that's a powerful like way to be as well you know like i'm not like kind of nitpicking like all the different like things that are wrong with this place and there are many many things that are wrong um but kind of like going with with an acceptance of 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 where you are and kind of an acceptance of of your exp- experience that you're about to live and and knowing that you're just going to go and make it work helps you greatly 
in making it work. But did I you- think, sorry, I think everything right there, I want to go into this deeper because it's so true. Yeah. Mindset is freaking everything. Anything. I think in this, like right now, what we're all going through, and maybe just because, you know, it's so fresh, Marissa and I got the news just like today that we're going into like another kind of heightened uh, measures. And it's like you feel defeat, right? But mindset in whatever situation you put yourself in, like that's what you can control. Because when you go, when you're in a state of, I guess, fear over things you can't control, whether you can't leave or you're in a new environment, all you can control is how you perceive things. So you went out there and you were like, whatever is going to happen, I'm just going to make sure that it's going to be good. Yeah, we're just going to roll. We're just going to roll with whatever comes along. But then did Um, did you find it liberating or did you have any sense of pressure of like, I've just done this huge thing? No, there was a huge sense of like, um, pressure and also like a huge sense of loss because if I'd been I'd been working for so long like I'd left my job I'd left a relationship I like left my family and left my friends and literally I had I was alone like in this country and so there was like a huge sense of loss also combined with like a lot of excitement like okay like there are new things happening but but there was this pressure to like, okay, like, what am I going to do? Like, I had zero concept of what I would do at all. Um, and so that was always at the back of my mind. Um, and yeah, so it, it was it was definitely like a very mixed, like, bag of emotion. Yeah, because I think that on the other side of feeling loss is freedom. Like, when you're lost, right. you're also free, right? When you don't have right. direction, yeah. you have every direction but that's also very overwhelming or it can be Mm. oh for sure um for sure and i think that's that's where travel humbles you right like absolutely right it's like this expensiveness yeah 100 percent. so okay so then so you take the risk you've got your mindset your adventure time is on you get to mexico and what are the steps you start taking that led you to where you are now? So at, at first, I kind of like immediately went back into like Singaporean mode where like I need to get a job. I need to I need to work for someone. And so I was interviewing at like a whole bunch of different companies in Mexico um, and kind of just realized that it was just I was just removing myself from one place and planting myself in another, but like kind of living the same life. Um, and, and so then I kind of I was thinking maybe I should like, I, I did kind of want to set up my own business and I'd never done that before. It was not something I really considered um, in the past. And so I was kind of like Googling um, places to go on holiday in Mexico, kind of just to like see the country, do a little bit of traveling and kind of get my bearings. And I kind of found these like beautiful, small um, design centric homes that people were building um, kind of like in nature that was that was pretty inexpensive to do. We're kind of like listed on Airbnb as vacation rentals. And it was kind it's kind of a really good business. Um, And I and so I thought like, you know, this is something I'd I'd be interested to to explore. Especially because, like, when I say homes, like, they kind of cost more the same as, like, cabins. 
Um, and so, and some of them, many of them are cabins and I would kind of describe my project as sort of a glorified cabin as well, because it's, it's not very big. Um, so anyway, I started traveling around Mexico and I went to this really beautiful town called San Miguel um, de Allende, which is in the central highlands of, of Mexico. Um, and it's flanked by the, by the Los Picachos mountains. Um, and it's like a really beautiful, like, like region of central Mexico and San Miguel itself is an incredibly charming UNESCO World Heritage listed town um, that draws like a lot of um, international tourism and was kind of like a good base to, to do something cool. And so I found this really inexpensive plot of land that I, that I bought and started construction on this tiny house, which I call Casa Eteria. And Eteria is ethereal in, in Spanish. And kind of like its name, it's, it's made of glass and, and mirror. And it sort of like disappears like within the landscape. And it's like highly integrated with the environment. It sort of appears as a, as a kind of an architectural illusion. Um, hence like its ethereal quality. And, uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm really happy and proud with the project. It was really important for me to, to make it completely sustainable and eco-friendly as well. So the foundation of the house was built entirely from volcanic rock um, that we hand collected off the mountain. Uh, the house runs entirely on solar electricity. We have a rainwater catchment system on the roof. Um, where And so our, our entire house runs on rainwater. Um, and we also um, have employed everybody within our community to help build our homes. So my neighbors actually built the home for me uh, and along with along with me. And now the house employs people within the community to work for to work for us. But it's different in the sense where um, it's I'm very interested in the idea of like regenerative travel and how how. Um, how travel businesses kind of like in the travel industry uh, are just not like supporting like the, the, the community which they exist in, but actively like being, have, have methods of regeneration to help uplift the community which in which they operate. So for example, any of, any of my neighbors who are attached to the house, like I help them framework their own business models. If they are, if they are offering a tour or they're offering like any kind of service, I framework them I help them framework how to like have best practices for their business and they come in and they, and so I employ another business to work in mine. Uh, and in that way, like everybody benefits and everybody who works for me, like gets the a hundred percent of the profits from the business. They, I don't take a cut from, from, from any of like the tours or anything like that. Okay. Few things to comment on there. Okay. First of all, if anyone needs to look up, Casa Eteria, it is probably one of the most stunning property like constructions I have ever seen. And the fact that we personally know the man who built it blows my mind to this day. Because I, <laughs> I, I remember even when you were, you were just conceptualizing it. And then you said, we're going to put a mirrored house in the desert. And to me, I was like, oh, that sounds cool. But we'll see it when it, because I, I would have just gotten like four, you know, four mirrors. And it would just look absolutely stupid. <laughs> Ikea mirrors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it would have been like a reflective teepee. And then secondly, the fact that like you incorporated so much sustainability into what was ultimately like a creative passion project at the start or just trying to like 
And then, and then thirdly, the fact that you're kind of using this to continue to improve the local community around you. I don't think people who embark on a project to, you know, build a house in the middle of a desert think right. this many steps ahead. So like, was that always at the right. forefront of your mind? Was that the mission or yeah. was it kind of one of those things where as it was going, you were like, you know what, we're going to be responsible about this. No, it was always the mission to begin with. And the reason is because the entire concept that I dreamed up was, was a theater to nature, which is what I call it. Like, it's kind of like this glass box that you're in and like nature's like playing out like in front of you. And it's so beautiful. And, and I wanted people to have this experience of being able to like live in or exist in, in an extremely remote location that you otherwise wouldn't be able to spend the night in. Uh, and to have like a full integration like with the environment. So if I was, if this was the concept that I was trying to to um, share um, with with people who visited the project, then the project needed to be entirely sustainable, uh, and it, it also needed to to be beneficial for the community that are, like around it. Okay, wait. Then so another... it, was, it was kind of always part of the ethos. Another key thing that I think we need, definitely need our audience to recognize here is that you are by no means a trained architect either. Like by trade, you are a writer, you're a photographer, you by, by all accounts, a deeply creative individual, but you've never designed a building before. And yet, here it is. So yeah, here it is. I mean, so it took me three years to finish the project when an architect would have probably done it in about seven or eight months. Um, and that's because I needed to like learn everything from like, yeah, by from Googling. Uh, I also drew the house on my own. Um, it, it's a, it's a very, very simple design. Um, but I think it's like, it's beauty kind of lies in its, in its simplicity. There also isn't another house design like it. It's kind of designed as a Chevron shaped house. And so it's kind of like two rectangles um, that intersect at a 120 degree angle. Um, and so it, it's an interesting volume. Um, and, and yeah, so I didn't really have any experience doing it. Now I now I do. Um, so, so then yeah, is this how life is, is this the first in like what you see is a series of really cool houses that you want to build? Or is this your signature and your once and done? It's like to say that it's been like successful, like as a business is an understatement. Like it's, it's been bananas. Like, so I am still kind of like reeling from, from the success that it's, that it's had. Um, and I'm kind of just like starting to save money again. And, and I would, I would consider doing another project like this in the future, whether or not I sell this one to finance another one or to have like a second project like run concurrently with this it's something i'm interested in it's not like my it's not my like only passion but if that if that does happen I, i'd be i'd be down for it and when you talk about success like again i think our audience needs to recognize that this house has been showcased in new york times architectural digest conde nast traveler it's now just I think everyone needs to check out the Instagram. Like it, you just, you kind of need to see it to understand its beauty. Like it's, it's, I can't praise it enough. I'm, I know I'm kissing your ass a lot, but like, I think it's so beautiful. No, ab no, absolutely. It's so stunning. And it is also the most photogenic house I think I've ever seen. 
Like there are no bad angles. I'm a photographer, so I kind of like built, like I I really did build like the house, like uh, like visually how I would shoot it as well. And I did, I so that was like very very conscious decisions, like um, of all parts of the house. Like I I would I would literally frame it in my mind and think about what what looks good, and then I would build that. Um, so that's why it's like it shoots well. So then, okay, I mean, the house is a testament to your success, not just as, uh, like Marissa said earlier, like a deeply creative person, but also, you know, the, the, the story that we want to share with the audience of being someone who took a risk and left and made something amazing. Right. It's like this right. materialized symbolism of your, your right. journey and you did something, you went out there. Yeah. I, I, I also want to say that, like, you know, you don't have to, like, leave your home and, like, go somewhere new to, to like, build something incredible in order to, like, you know, to, to, to grow. Like, and, you know, I, that just happened to be my story. But, but, you know, I think just being able to be really present with your own mindset and being able to, to grow as a person and, and engage with your surroundings in a different way, whether or not your surroundings change, those are essentially the ingredients that it takes to to change your life at any point. And so at any point you can reinvent yourself. And it doesn't take like this giant like physical distance in order to be able to do that. You know? And so I think that's like important to know. And so- sometimes I feel like when when you like hear stories like mine, it's like, oh wow, it's like so many like um interesting things like somebody like ended up in, in a desert in Mexico like building a married house like you know it's all these like like very flashy things um that that don't that that, that way it can be your experience too like you don't need it to be this particular way um but yeah so that's I think like important no 100 <laughs> percent oh god I'm even listening to that yeah. like applying it to our life here because for sure yeah. I mean, I know that so many of us can relate when we say that the last year and a half has been (laughs) shite, like just disheartening in so many ways. And so just having that reminder that we are in control of just creating something. We don't have to leave. We can, yeah, we can create magic right here. Let's go build a mirror house and like, no, Batok or something. <laughs> we we built a podcast. I think that's as far as our creative ability is gonna go. <laughs> but then, like again, I wanna, I love the fact that there's like this inherent romanticism about what you've gone and done because you found a life that you love. You had a project that you love that applied all of the skills that you love and like new relationships and friendships and connections over there. But then, and this is a bit of a pointed question, but like what were sort of the darker aspects of this entire experience that you think others who might choose to endeavor on something similar should be aware of or should understand that it's not just going to be sunshine and daisies and like this mar- like this miracle is going to just occur I mean, it was mostly dark days like let me tell you, it was like like three quarter dark days and now i'm seeing the sunshine um because it was incredibly difficult to to like to to, to find land to purchase land in mexico it's just like it's a completely different system that doesn't that does not work in anyone's favor 
which is why some a lot of people have left this country to live in 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 this big Mexican diaspora like around the world because it's it's hard to live here. It's not it's not like it's not that easy, even though it is very re- rewarding culturally and and in in many many other ways. But like doing work and business here is is really difficult. Um, and I think a lot of times like doing something for the first time, like you don't you you're not able to visualize like the end because you don't know what the end is going to look like. And so that's a very scary process. Like when you're working and kind of not knowing what, what's going to turn out in the end. And it's just like kind of having that faith, um, which I really lacked. Like, and I was like, like, I think throughout the first like portion of my project, I was like mostly miserable and like really scared because I had spent like all my money on this, kind of seemingly ridiculous idea that I had no sort of like framework for like I hadn't seen anybody else like really do this um and and so it was scary um because I thought I would fail very often so then I mean in and like in and amongst all the fear that you were going through but and also the general uncertainty but you kept pushing forward, right? So like, where did that sense of confidence or that sense of just keep pushing come from? It's literally do or die. <laughs> That's what it is. It's like, it's like, if you don't get this done, then all you have is a giant pit of mud on a mountain in Mexico. And I don't even have money to fly home. So it's like, finish this or like suffer greatly. I mean, that is so... Because what really... I wonder, and this has nothing to do with the creative process, but more about the practical fact of someone being like, come with me to this section of desert. And you're standing there on a plot of dirt and being like, this is it. Like, how did you know that that was the patch? That was the easiest part. Because like, when you, when you, when I stood on that land for the first time, like, it was incredible. It was so stunningly beautiful. Um, and you're just like, it's, you're surrounded by these like peaks, these mountainous peaks. You're only 20 minutes driving from San Miguel town. Um, it's, yeah, it literally like it, it, it's out of this world. Like the land is incredibly beautiful. Um, and so that was the easiest decision to, to make. Um, but of course it was very difficult to build on the land. There was no road, there was no water, no electricity, uh, also, the land is on a 45 degree incline, so it was like extremely hard to like level the house out. Um, so there were like a lot of challenges, but like I knew I had to make it work because the land was really, really beautiful. Amazing. We're going to go build a house in a desert. I, seriously, this whole time as you're speaking, all I'm thinking is like, all right, I'm going to go on The Sims and like build a house. Yeah, so <laughs> hands, yeah, hands take can... those plans one day to like wherever I travel. Um, no, for sure. But this is also part of my big plan. Like, you. Yeah, you know, exactly. Honey. I've had, I, I really, I mean, because, you know, I have like the roots in Sri Lanka and I've always been dreaming to take that step to go and create. Um, but I mean, obviously, I couldn't for the last two years because I can't travel. But I mean, hearing you say that, I'm like, oh, I mean, it's going to yeah. happen for sure, without a doubt. I will just buy one of the houses that you guys make. Oh, yeah. After Marissa makes her crypto money, we can like, yeah. come in. <laughs> we'll sell it to her. <laughs> yeah, just wait for me to be like cash rich and I'll come through. (laughs) 
Are you a crypto queen? I love it. I am a crypto. Oh my god, the fact that you said, Prash, you have no idea the fact that you just said the term queen because little story, but just last week, um, a guy in my gym came up to me and went, "Are you the queen of blockchain?" (laughs) To which I replied, "Yes, I am." I need to find out the story, like, all fine. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, she got called a queen by two separate people in a week. I am so yeah. cocky at the minute. It's unreal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think the story is, like, of course, you know, the journey that you've taken, of course there is going to be the dark days to balance out why the light is amazing. But I just want to come back and, okay, aside from the do or die, you know, outcome of what kept you going, um, what else helped you overcome and just keep going, really, though? Um, uh, I think, like, just... I think when you're part of the creative, when you're in like the creative process, like when you're in the zone of like, of creating something, um, there is just like this intrinsic need to, to build, right. And to, and to see like your vision, like come to some sort of like conclusion or fruition because you're telling a story and the story, like it, it's not, it can't be told unless you finish it. Right. And so, so I feel like that, that was, you know, the, the, the other part of it that kind of kind of kept me going um and then yeah who who did you have as your support system out there throughout all this so yeah that was re- that's actually really that was the next thing I was going to get to so i one of my really good friends my first friend in mexico jorge um who was introduced to me through uh, our mutual friend grace italianda um she she knows him and we ended up getting married um, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and and so it was Jorge was like a, you know a great like and he's just such a positive like funny like character. Wait, I'm sorry, I'm still processing this. I didn't know that you got married two you years didn't ago. No, Prash got married. No, I did get married. Yeah, I got married. I two years ago. I know that. I met Jorge. <laughs> You met Jorge, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, in Singapore, you all met him. I think you met him as well. What? Okay, yeah. wait, no, this was three years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we you weren't, weren't married when, yet. When you guys met him, we weren't. You weren't married yet. Yeah. Oh my god, I feel like a fool. <laughs> oh, please keep talking. I'm gonna like backtrack and, and find out more about this later. Yeah, yeah. I was literally sitting there like confused face, like, wait, what? <laughs> I, even I was like, you wait, didn't know. What? Okay, carry on. <laughs> So uh, we just got like we didn't even have a wedding, right? We just signed papers and it's like super low key, just him, his mom and me. Um, and so, so yeah, it was really low key. But like Hari has been like an incredible support and is a really amazing um, person. And so, so that was like that was really important because that was yeah, I, I wouldn't have been able to do it without without that support. Power of love, guys. Oh, the power yeah. of love. I'm like wonderless saying this whole chat. I've been like halfway here, halfway dr- daydreaming about. I'm 100 percent like, about to go to Mexico and uh, find myself a husband. <laughs> <laughs> it's not working out for me here. So, <laughs> so what's the next step for you then, in terms of what you want to create or, or what your goals are? Um, I I'm not entirely sure. It's like that's you know that's an, that's another thing when you finish like a big creative project. It's like 
kind of like this not low but but it's but it's sort of like this this weird space this in between space which I'm in at the moment so I'm trying to figure out what um what I'm going to do whether that's going to whether I'm, whether my life is going to go in the direction of like writing and photography which I really love doing um or whether I'm going to like build another project uh or I don't know maybe I'm going to get a job for a little while I like I have no idea what I'm going to do um so so we'll see lots of lots of different possibilities blockchain <laughs> I cannot see you at a desk job. I just don't see that as that's not your brand. That's not your No. no. <laughs> oh, okay, well, amazing. I feel like you know, there's so much because this is like a recap of your last 4 years. I'm sure that there are so many like little stories along the way that we could go on and on for um but we'll save that for after the recording. Yeah, catching up. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But before we go off, I mean, for you guys tuning in, obviously down in the show notes, all the info is there for you guys to stock. Um, is there anything you want to round up with? Can we stay in your house when we come to Mexico? I'm waiting for you guys to come. <laughs> oh, that's all the music to my ears. Waiting for you guys to come. Listeners, yeah, but- maybe you get a discount. Probs not, but <laughs> <laughs> we don't really care. It's not about you. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? What's what's your plan now? I mean, what like what's Can Mexico you come City home? like? Like, tell us, tell give us a window to the other side of the world. So my plan, my my immediate plan is, I am going to go to England probably to see my aunt, and then I'm going to spend a couple of weeks in the south of France. Okay, oh. go away. No, yeah. get stopped. And then I'm coming back to Singapore. So <gasps> okay, okay, okay. Remind me to like not look at your stories in the south of France. I can't. Anyone in Europe right now, I can't look at their stories. I it's have gu- definitely been guilty yeah. of logging onto Skyscanner for the first time in 18 months and just Googling flights and being like, we could throw money at this. <laughs> <laughs> we can go to Croatia. <laughs> sure, let's do it. I was actually recently looking at Albania because I have it on good authority that it's actually a stunning country. Oh, so it's like, I, yeah, and actually I know Albanian people, and it is a really amazing country. Uh, and it's yeah, it's really really beautiful. It's still controlled by the mafia, but like, but it's very very beautiful. Yeah, the Albanian mafia is huge. Um, but it's it's like really really stunning. But so, you know people, and you, you also he know he but he knows people. So we'll see you in Albania, twenty twenty two. What I'm hearing is. I'm going to go build a house in Albania. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. And then inadvertently become somebody's, like, slave ride. <laughs> like, taken, taken Gosh, into some, like, Albanian drug. sell me a dream. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I found my man. <laughs> He's so tough. He's just in total charge of the whole world. <laughs> He's soft underneath. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right, right. All right. Well, awesome. I think that's a really nice time for us to wind down. It's so nice seeing you, by the way. Yeah. Like, just like so good to see you guys. Wow. I love you guys so much. We are oh, so proud of you over yeah. here. And um, yeah, we wish you all the best. And Thank when we're so re- when we see each other in person again, it's gonna be like we're gonna have a dance off. Oh my god! Absolutely. <laughs> the old days. The old days. <laughs> 
Nice. We had so much fun. Back when our bones didn't creak. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, um, guys, if you made it all the way to the end of this episode, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I think that's it for us. Anything else you guys want to throw in there? Then I love him, and I'll see him next time. All right, Prash, thank you so much once again for coming on the pod. So good, you guys. Love you guys. Amazing. Talk to you guys soon. Bye.